we are going to start the episode with you singing us a song from I'm your not, church. I'm not. What? <laughs> you sing church songs? Uh, not in years. Well, you sing in choir songs. Choir is not church. Wow. No, no, no. Yeah, it's another one. Yeah, girls them summer song. Yeah. Something about What up, crew? Welcome to Discover Your Inner Awesome, Idea Lemons podcast where we sit down with entrepreneurs, musicians, and artists and explore the questions that always cross our minds but really only ever get voiced when we've had a few with our closest friends. I am your co-host Rajiv Nathan, as always alongside Martin McGovern. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome. In addition to everything I just said, it's also the show that will likely be the soundtrack at our respective funerals. In this episode, we sit down with Heidi Gosen, who's Martin's former business partner in a venture they started in 2011 called Smart Owl. Smart Owl was a design agency that Martin backed out of after about a year or two, and Heidi shut down early in 2015. That said, we decided to have basically a cage match throwdown where Martin and Heidi kind of air their grievances with what happened with Smart Owl, but in a very constructive way. So the question we explored is, how do you know when to stop? We always talk about starting things, but how do you know when to stop? It's a really good conversation. Before we dive in, quick reminder, check out idealemon.com if you don't already. Subscribe to our email newsletter so you can get updates on future podcasts and tons of other cool stuff that we talk about around personal development and personal branding. All right, all that said, let's dive in right now and listen in on our conversation with Heidi Gosen talking, how do you know when to stop? Let's listen in. We, we talk about the creation first. Uh, you know what, first. I'll start. Yeah, I, I want I to get your perspective yeah. first. And then... From how I remember, and this was back in 2011, so this was pushing, you know, four and a half years ago. Oh um, I know, right? Uh for me, it was just coming out of college, being really miserable in the job that I was in, really not wanting. I think to... it's a common theme on our show. It's a it's a common <laughs> theme for a lot of people. It's I mean, theme in life. it really is. You know, you're kind of you have all these aspirations and these goals, and then you come out of college, and then you're smacked in the face with reality, and it happens to everybody, and it's never fun, and it's always a transition, and some people go through it later if they start the job. You know, if, if they start in a job later or, you know, whatever can happen, it's basically the mid, the quarter-life crisis, right? Is yeah. Kind I mean, of if we all live to 100, then yes. Well, you know. I, yeah, that is what it's called. I run. <laughs> <laughs> um, New technologies are coming up for that every day. That's true. Uh, so, so do you want to set up what, what Smart Owl was to well, begin? Well, yeah, the, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. getting there. Okay. So for me, I was, I hated the work that I was doing. I you know, really wanted to be a designer. I really wanted to, to have, you know, work that I enjoyed and was challenged by and could be creative. And so Martin and Jim, from what I can remember, felt the same way. And so... We, and you were only a year into this, to the financial company. I not even say. a year. Because <laughs> I, I, I think we started when I was still at my first job. And Jim was at that other advertising agency that he hated. Yeah, we had started... Because I was already, I was coming to the end of the rotational program. So, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, the, I think it was the third 
the third part of my rotational program. I remember that launch party at Barleycorn wearing shorts to that, meaning it was summer or fall. Right, but that but was the, already several months after we had already started. Oh, okay. That was a clients. while in. That was yeah. like, and I do remember. It was, it was, that was the I will spring. never forget the cupcakes with <laughs> the, the cupcakes. owls, that the Oreos for the owl eyes. Talk about the brand. Those are so much fun to me. I think we were already on our second logo at that point. Well, no. Well, yes. That was when we, yeah. But... We had a couple rocky starts, but to get back to how we started, <laughs> <laughs> right? We haven't gotten that. There's, there's a whole, there's a whole line of thought here. So, Jim Martin and I always joked in college. We were all really good friends. We always joked, you know, eventually we're going to start a company. We're going to start a company. We're going to do this. We would be great at it. Whatever. Jim was it's a shame that we're not doing this podcast, the two of us. But yeah, it's okay. We can. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? You didn't, you didn't need to involve him. <laughs> Well, it wasn't a smart owl podcast. It wasn't. Um, I have plenty more failures to talk about. We'll get you next time, Jim. Um, So it it started as a way to kind of be a a release from the mundane day to day that we were all encountering. And we had always talked about it. And we were like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just try it. We don't really know what we're doing, but we have enough sense to learn about things and maybe see how they are. Plus, we all had safety nets. We all had jobs. Yeah. So there was really no risk to start a company and start gaining, you know, freelance clients. And so that's what we did. And, um, you know, in so, the beginning... So wait, so the idea was not to create it to quit your job, but to do it on top of your job? I think that on on some level, it was always just a way to get us through what our current situation I, I think that at the time we were all like yes let's build this so that we can quit and we can do this forever and work for ourselves i think that was the ambition at the time but looking back on it um especially now uh from where i was to where i am and martin i don't know if you're the same way it allowed me that kind of creative outlet that i desperately needed at the time and it was never going to be any more than that Okay. Um, part of that was because Jim decided to move to Florida. <laughs> and honestly, if he hadn't moved, I don't know if things would have worked out the same way. Meaning not working out? Correct. He was our new business guy. He yeah. was the negoti- He was the, mm-hmm. the networker. He was the guy that was at the networking events. He was meeting people. He was handing out cards. He was getting us business. Yeah. And it got to the point where we were very busy. Uh, we yeah well and we so had a lot of stuff to do to kind of take a step back too because like if we're going back to answer your question about uh, why were we doing it did we think this was going to replace our jobs I mean I think yeah we had dreams that maybe it would but I think it was more so I I'd gotten a design minor and for graduation my gift was a, an Adobe Creative Suite and I was sitting at home like just messing around with it wanting to do something with it. And when we started talking about it, we're like, of course we want to do design and logos, and so I don't get to do any of that during the day. So I think for both of us, it started as a more of a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And then as you know, you and Jim started really bringing in clients, then that's when it, the conversation started happening of, 
who are we trying to go after? What are we actually trying to be? A, a branding agency? A website agency? We had yeah. so many conversations like that. And I think that every company goes through that at some point, especially if you're starting something as ubiquitous as design agency. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's so many things that fall under that umbrella. Because you have to we're a fully with... full We're a full-service, integrated, <laughs> web-based, multimedia platform. Exactly. Exactly. Wait, who's the client today? That's what we are. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and and I think that was our way of figuring out what we wanted to do as professionals as well. Um, I mean, I learned through that process, I don't really love web design. Uh, it's not something that I'm passionate about. We did a lot of web design yeah. with Smart Owl because it was easy. Well, you guys built iteration one of the ideal of a website. We sure did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sure did. Um, and, uh, we, I think the biggest project that we had was the St. Vincent de Paul church website, which was a huge project. I'm just having like massive flashbacks right now. (laughs) Cause I, cause there was a... You mean there's water on your forehead? Yeah, I know. There's, there's like a good portion of time too. And and we'll get to this in a little bit of like my four hour commute with, Mm. I was smart owl at night and like just never sleeping. You were a night owl. (laughs) <laughs> but that, that was, was actually a, that, that was, was our original name, but there was already an agency yeah. that had Night Owl, so we're like, how about Smart Owl? <laughs> how about K-N-I-G-H-D? <laughs> yeah. We tried that too. We tried all of them. We had so That's many funny. names. Yeah. <sighs> so it'd be yeah. like a, a knight like wielding a sword. Or wheel, <laughs> it was an owl with a knight. <laughs> <laughs> That works. Do we have, I don't even know if we had a logo for that. I mean, you may have made I made a bunch. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so, you know, it as a designer, because that's what I still do, you know, that's, Martin, I think you kind of realized that that was not something that you wanted to do full-time for clients, for other people. So what were the roles then? So Jim did new business, you designed and you made the website. I was, I was technically like creative fine. director. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I not only did a lot of the design work, I managed the work of the design. Okay. And actually we had some um, growing pains with those roles too, trying to figure out, well, wait, do you want me to kind of facilitate this? Or, you know, what Martin, I think, was struggling the most to try to find your place. Yeah, because I think it... I want to go, you know, don't call him. I want to know. Let's, 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 let's dig, let's crack this acorn open. Growing well, pains, let's get no, into it. but one thing, I will say, one thing I will say is that we were, all three of us, were so good at compartmentalizing that we're all still great friends. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. there were definitely times when I was when definitely I worried when I wrote that quitting email, though. I was like... You shouldn't have been. I was Because so Jim and I were like, oh, thank God. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, because it was, it was really crazy, too, because um, at the time, so I started, I just kind of wanted to do logos. Like, that's yeah. really what I wanted to do. And we started getting into like websites and iconography. And, and frankly, I think that was because that's where the clients. Yeah, were Yeah, that's where the us. clients were, and and that makes total sense. And um, I thought it was really interesting because we I, we had the one project for Bossy. Oh yeah. Right, and yeah. I loved that project. I, yeah. I was like. Creating they didn't use these, any of it. No, they didn't use any <laughs> of it. Um, but I was creating like these like three D kind of app icons, mm-hmm. and like I figured out how to make it look 
sort of like that was when um, iPhones and everything instead of being totally flat like it was just today. about to go flat yeah. so we were already behind but yeah. that's not the point <laughs> but yeah but the, but the point being is like that's when like 3D square like the 3D squared rectangle things were the most okay. popular apps and everything was like really glossy and, and, and a lot of bevel and mm-hmm. a yeah, lot yeah, of shading yeah. and, and I'd never known how to do any of that and yeah. I spent just like countless hours at night just like not sleeping ever and just creating these icons. Shocking and, theme. Yeah. Even today. <laughs> yeah. No, I sleep way more today. And get way less done. But, um, <laughs> but you're it was, older now today. So I, I, have an excuse. I, I, I really did. I'm like, I'm thinking back. I'm like, oh my gosh, I really didn't sleep for like four and a half years. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Uh, hence why. I'm That's why this is. He, he's not going to live till 100, even no, if he no, runs. No. Yeah. I run six miles, and I'm still going to die. Um, and so. No, I thought it was really interesting because um, part of it was the fact that we were pulling in projects that I wasn't super interested in. Yeah. And then part of it was uh, work really picked up. And then I moved to the city and my commute became four hours. And so between four hours back and forth each day um, and then, you know, I get home at 7.30 p.m., 8 p.m., eat dinner, it's already nine, then I start the work, and the work has to be back and forth checked and all that good stuff. Yeah, it just did not uh, lead to good... Results. Results. No, it didn't. And, you know, it was hard for... It was hard for us because, you know, we had these deadlines, and we had these client expectations. and, And, you know, I lived and worked in the city, so my balance was a lot easier. Although... No, I actually was working in the burbs, but it was kind of a nonsense job, so I had a lot of time. <laughs> Basically, while you were physically yeah. there, mentally you were with Smart Right, yeah. So, <clears throat> I didn't do a whole lot of work at work. Uh, I didn't moonlight that much. Um, but there was definitely a difference in my approach to it than your approach to it. I think because I knew that in some semblance this was what I wanted to do. Um, I was finding out, you know, I'd always, as a design student, had always kind of been wary of the agency life um, and, you know. Crazy deadlines. The crazy crazy deadlines, the crazy clients, you know, managing account expectations Mm -hmm. and creative, you know, director expectations and... To be honest, it was probably more intimidating than anything. And I, I found, though, through Smart Owl that I really enjoyed the rush of the fast lane type of work and found that I also love to do branding. I still love to do branding. I do it when I can. Um, freelancing on the side, <clears throat> which I'm lucky enough that my job encourages it. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. And uh, I hate websites. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get to the part where, Martin, you quit SmartL. And yeah. so you sent this email, and you and Heidi, you said you and Jim breathed a sigh of relief. Right, because he was becoming more and more unreliable. And <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, no, because that's Balls interesting. Balls were dropping, and I was having to pick up slack that yeah. I wasn't planning for. Are you pulling up the email? I really want to see that. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it, there, were, there were absolutely no hard feelings. It was definitely time for Martin to say goodbye, and Jim and I were 
genuinely relieved that we didn't have to bring up the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously it hasn't impacted us whatsoever on the friend front. Um, but let's talk about that because I think a lot of people go through that. Um, we had it for ideal. So we started with three. That's right. And, you did. I forgot about that. Um, it was our friend Jessica. Yeah. And we were shitting our pants for like two months because <laughs> she wasn't, you know, she just wasn't doing her part. Yeah. And we were, you know, putting in all these hours. And it was probably, it had to have been two, maybe three months. We were like, this is getting ridiculous. Like, to me and him to each other, like, this is getting ridiculous. Like, what's going on mm-hmm. here? Just to ourselves, though. Yeah. And. Finally, I think I brought it up one day when we were at Starbucks, and then that's when she came forward after that and was like, yeah, like, my head's not in this, like, it's not what I thought it was going to be, I don't enjoy this, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, so it's a mutual parting, and what's interesting is I think whenever you're, maybe not whenever, but a lot of times, when one person's thinking it, I think the other person also, it's rare that the other person's not thinking it as well, and it's like, whoever who's going to play chicken and who's going to actually, you know, jump in first, Right. I think, you know, it's funny. I've listened to some of your other podcasts that you've had, and I've noticed that Martin always tends to be like, it's like a relationship. Well, it is. It is. Yeah. And that's (laughs) why Martin and I should get married. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) We're going to have marriage jokes. A lot of bets would be made. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Did you find the email? Yep, it's called Brutal Honesty and Thanks. I feel like I've gotten a Brutal Honesty titled email from you before. (laughs) You know, and it's fine. Once you get to that point, I mean, it's almost a shame that we weren't at that point before. You know, uh, Jim, who to this day is one of my best friends, and he's actually my man of honor at my wedding in October. There's a man of honor? That's a thing? It is, because I say it is. (laughs) 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 Which is basically my approach. Nice. Uh, And, um, you know, he and I could be really honest with each other. Mm -hmm. Like, I know when he's afraid to tell me something, and he knows when I'm afraid to tell him something, and we call each other on it. And, you know, I think that in the business relationship, that's a lot harder to do. Because not only is it, and I don't think it has to do much with the money, because there wasn't, frankly, much money, um, at least until after Martin quit, and then we had a shit ton of work that I had to do. (laughs) Uh, But it's, it's a totally different dynamic, because you're trying to marry what you know about your relationships with your coworkers, the ones that you've had in other jobs, other positions where you're working in a company that's well-established, and then you're you're trying to navigate that with your friendship. It's, it's a very, it can get very messy very quickly, and I think we were yeah. all cautious of that and didn't want to, although we were good at compartmentalizing, we didn't want to step on anybody's well, toes. Yeah, well, well, so I'm looking through some of these old emails, and actually that brutal honesty one is just like a logo concept. <laughs> um, but I need your brutally honest feedback. Yeah, no. Um, something like that. I don't know. These are like really long chains, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it, it's what I think is so interesting. So this goes all the way back to you know, 2012, 2011 through 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this sounds like it all happened 
as we're talking about it here in like days. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we tried to start a company. A month later, we were fighting, and a month later, we stopped. But it, it really didn't. Like, for a long time there, it was a lot of concepting and a lot of talking and a lot of internal, like, what are we going to make this brand? And most of what we did as a company until probably around when I left was talk about what we're going to do with our company. And, and I remember the number of times that we designed owls and logos and went back <laughs> so and many forth. Owls. Like I, I remember one of the reasons that I got so frustrated and I got so like burnt out was because I'd created so many owl logos and so, and spent so much time trying to research what our name was and what we were trying to go after. And I remember the last thing that I did before I quit was I tried to just get us to say like, we're going to create logos for startups. And like, that's where I... That's where we ended up. That's where we ended up. It got us nowhere, but that's where we ended up. (laughs) It was was a terrible idea, but it was at least something concrete. Yeah. And um, I think what I was having the most trouble with was wrapping my head around what we actually did. Yeah. um, Other than just try and create a brand for ourselves. And... um, I think by the time I we got to a point where you guys knew what it was, and you knew, and Jim knew what he was going after, and things like that, I was just so burnt out um, because I'd created so much stuff that just nothing happened with it. Um, and I also had kind of realized that um, you and I are very similar personality-wise, and you're also much more assertive. So, you can say dominant. That's okay. Yes. I get it. Yes. So <laughs> this is a cage so, match. There's no gloves are off here. Come on. Yeah. So basically, basically, I create a lot of stuff and that I thought was really good. Nope. Strong woman. Yes. Strong woman. So I would be strong woman Raj. out. Yeah. I'm not the girl in the relationship. <laughs> no, but I. No, I, you're you're right. Yeah. And honestly, one thing that I learned that I I still struggle with it today, and part of this. I, I don't want to blame it on, on my experience, but it's definitely informed by my experience. The way that I assert my opinions um, comes with a lot of authority. And it can be very intimidating for people to hear when I'm just stating, I'm just, honestly, I'm, I'm open to feedback, I'm open to discussion, but the way that I present things is very concrete mm-hmm. and like, ipso facto this is it this is this is the right way I picked that up from many years of working under powerful men (laughs) you know I that my first boss was the president of the company Uh, the second one was a director of marketing the third one was another president like I worked under a lot of small companies under these you know people that would would talk and assert themselves in a way that you, you, you could argue if, you know, you had the right, and I often did because I'm me, but a lot of people, a lot of people are really kind of taken aback by that. And I, I definitely learned to rein that in a little bit. Yeah. I've gotten a lot better. Well, well <laughs> really quick, really quick. So you layer yeah, those yeah. two things together, right. right? You layer together the fact that you're very, you know, dominant and assertive and um, when you believe something's correct, it's correct. And then you bring in the fact that I was so distracted with other things that it wasn't my... F- I, like, you were the one talking with the client, interfacing with the client, and I was being given something to work on and then given it back. And so you layer in the fact that I didn't know the whole story, nor was I fully engaged. 
with the dominant. And so like I'd create stuff and then it'd be a no and then I'd be like whatever and then I'd create stuff it'd be a no. But but that's my fault too. And so what I th- think is so interesting is that um But to be fair, I just I just, <laughs> to be fair, it wasn't just a no. It was like hey, let's try this, or this isn't quite working, let's round this out, sure, let's sure. fix this. I just want, brought the record to state that I was like, this sucks, do it over. I was oh, that no, kind no, of person. No. Well, we wouldn't be friends if it was like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what's interesting about the the dominant, air quotes, dominant personality thing is... I wish I'd never used that word. <laughs> well, no, this is something I think about often because... Yeah. Assertive. <laughs> well, how, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, we have a friend who many would consider the same thing but then I, I always you know I've heard people be like you know like she's pretty opinionated or whatever and then I'm just I think to myself but if she was a dude would yeah. anyone make that same remark totally <laughs> totally and then you know we can get the whole gender discussion another time but I think that's an interesting with a working relationship or yeah. otherwise you can have like, me on again we'll talk yeah, about exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what we talked about that night I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but that's an interesting thing where you have sure. to make a conscious effort to rein yourself in, basically because you're not a dude. Right, yeah. Um, and it's definitely a stereotype that I work to utilize in my favor as much as possible. What do you mean by and that? Not, well, not let it, you know, be aware of it in order to manipulate. No, no. That's such a problem, that's not the way, you guys are going to think I'm like this horrible person. <laughs> She's dominant. She manipulates. <laughs> no, I'm really nice, I promise. <laughs> um, but no, using, using that assertiveness in a positive way to mm-hmm. get results from other people. You know, one of the things that I have learned from being a project lead or being a director, um, even for such a small, small time in a small situation, is that in order to get the best results out of creative people, you have to give them permission to make their own choices. And you basically have to allow them to lead a little bit. You can't just be like, no, we have to go this way. It's, well, you know, based on all of this evidence and based on this, let's try something like Uh X, Y, Z, you know, whatever it is. So I've, learned to use that personality trait or whatever to to develop it. I mean, to, yeah. But like that's that's <laughs> the whole reason why we started Smart Owl. We started Smart Owl not to necessarily replace our jobs. That wasn't the original goal. The original goal was to practice the things we wanted to do outside of work. Right. Because at work we weren't doing those things. And so what I got to practice was design. I never get to do design at work. I wanted to do design. I wanted to get a little bit better. I did. <laughs> um, I created those icons. I created logos. I created all sorts of things that I would never have created. And then I ended up creating our Idea Lemon logo, which I still think is one of the best oh, logos I've ever created. I love that And one. I would never have created that if I hadn't done Smart Owl. And you would never have had the opportunity, well, you would have, but not had as close of an opportunity to be a project lead the way you were a project lead during Smart Owl. Well, it would have taken me a lot longer to get there. To get there, there. yes. Yeah, so I'm, da- I'm on that track earlier. right now with yeah. my job that I'm, I'm currently at, but it would definitely not have come so soon, and I definitely would not have learned as much so quickly. Exactly. And I think that that's one of the big things is that you went in 
with that idea that that's who you wanted to develop and you wanted to develop it right away. And what I wanted to develop was design experience. Sure. And we both did those things. You got what you, yeah. We got what we wanted. Right. And once I realized that, that I'd kind of capped out at what I was able to do and I'd already also been so distracted with everything else and I already had the ideas brewing for Idea Lemon, that's when the letter got written and we we made the clean break. Right. So yeah. then jumping ahead to how we came to closing the business altogether, uh, during the time of Smart Owl, I was still not very satisfied with the work that we were doing and the work that I was doing, um, I guess, in real life. You know, 60% of my time. IRL. IRL <laughs> in real life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I started focusing on other things. I created an Etsy shop and designed some greeting cards that still sell really well on Valentine's Day, and that's about the biggest time of year for me. I sell like 10 cards at once, and it's woo. <laughs> I, you know, I learned to knit. I did all of these other like crazy creative things. I've built furniture. I've done really bizarre things with you, that you wouldn't think of as being something that like a graphic designer might explore but I think now it's a little bit more common you're to do a crafter all this is what you are yeah <laughs> I guess so um she's one of those DIYers yeah <laughs> right well I definitely enjoy the challenge of it I'll say that so I was you know I was still trying to find my place I quit my full-time job uh in 2012 because I was given an opportunity to work part-time as a freelancer for another company in the, in the city, back in the city. So I was in the burbs, moved back to the city, and started getting some more freelance clients. Still not very satisfied. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was doing a lot of the same stuff every day. I was still looking for outlets. I was, you know, still kind of clawing at the walls. Meanwhile, uh, the smart all stuff is still coming in. We still have, you know, our regular clients that we've built up over the years that we still get work from. But you know, Jim is living in Florida. Uh, our and it's not under the smart owl name anymore, though, is it? Is it just? Well, now it's not. Okay. But up until like January, it was. Yeah. Okay. You guys, were, you were doing newsletters and things. We had until, a lot. Yeah. We had a lot of stuff going on. Um, I made a, a decent chunk of change, I guess, considering that we had no new business push yeah. last year. But the thing was, is that I was doing most of the client work, and Jim was definitely handling the business end and you know making sure things were running smoothly. But it wasn't really worth his time to do all of that for the amount. I, it, just financially, it just didn't make sense for him to do it anymore. It definitely made sense for me because, you know, I was still benefiting uh, from it. So we had the conversation in January. It was like, so do we want to keep doing this <laughs> under our name or do we want to dissolve it and uh, I'll just start taking it as freelance yeah. work? And that's basically where we came to, yeah. you know, because Jim, while he's still is figuring out what he wants to do. Um, It just wasn't worth it to him because it wasn't something that... He's definitely an entrepreneur at heart, but it was not the industry for him. Well, I think what's interesting is in, you know, to go back to the 
kind of the topic for this show, which is knowing when to stop, is, Martin, you said you got what you wanted out of it. Heidi, you got what you wanted out of it. Yeah. Jim, in a way, got what he wanted out of it. So I think a lot of knowing when to stop comes back to knowing what was the intent behind it in the first place. Right. And in retrospect, it's easy to pick it apart and say... Oh, yeah, it's it was very be- tough it was, moment, yeah. it was because of this, and, you know, I got... Uh, some leadership experience and and you know kind of put me on the path of where I want to be but at the same time knowing when to stop is still really hard yeah I think we could have stopped a year ago Mm -hmm. and it would have been a better time uh you know Failure is a hard thing to manage, and there's this idiom out now that's, you know, fail faster. Yeah. And Fail fast, succeed sooner or whatever. Exactly. And that's such, it's really good advice, but it's, it's so... It's easier said than it's done. It's so hard in practice. Totally, totally. But a lot of it, I mean, you gotta, I think, there's, I think a lot of it is the stigma around failure, and, and in the sense that, even internally you're viewing it as a failure when in reality I mean, you had clients coming to you for work for several years you made money off of it and you built up your resume to a certain mm-hmm. point that as you further advanced in your career than you would be otherwise and it's not just that failure is so stigmatized it's that f- from you know a young age we're told you know, if you try hard enough, yeah. you do these things hard enough, you will succeed in life. Yeah. And but it's just not true. It's just not true. <laughs> there are things like market conditions that they didn't teach you about when you were five. There are definitely things that are true about that, but there are a lot of things that that statement doesn't take into consideration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it takes a long time to learn that. I feel like I'm still learning that, you know, there were relationships I was in for way too long that needed to yeah. be finished years earlier. There are, uh, you know, if I could do college again, I probably would focus my major on graphic design mm-hmm. instead of public relations, which is what I did. Granted, it doesn't really matter all that much <laughs> working as a graphic designer, but even still, you know, there are so many things that if I had been less afraid of failure I would have done differently yeah and still would have and I I tried to keep that in mind but it's so hard to put a lens on the day-to-day and say you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be different right (laughs) well I think that's why conversations like this are so great it's because we take the time to sit down and really look back on it and say well what would have been the best time to leave so that next time I'm in this situation I can say, uh oh, I've hit this wall again. Right. And I can decide whether to stay or leave. And I think um, one of the great things that I learned from Smart Owl is the fact that, you know, if, if it's becoming so difficult that when you sit down to do it, it, or first of all, if it's becoming something that's an obligation and not something that's, you know, that you're excited to do necessarily. Um, this is for a side project or an extra thing, right? If it's your full-time thing and you you want this to be a long career, there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be things like that along the way. But if it's something you're trying to do to sort of enhance your life outside of whatever you do every day, 
um, it really should be enhancing things. It should be making your day either either easier or it should excite you or energize you or something. So the nights that I came home and I was like, oh, I have to create an infographic for an oil thing that I'm not really <laughs> sure even what the point of this thing is. Um, oh, I forgot about our international business. <laughs> yeah. And then, but like, I, I, can, I contrast that to um, after work one day going to your office to do a workshop. Mm-hmm. Now the workshops, every time we finished a workshop, I was just jazzed yeah. and like super pumped and really wanting. But you know, it was 4 a.m. and I was trying to outline an oil rig and I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't even understand. I don't know the client name. Like, <laughs> I'm so tired right yeah. now. And I think it's, it's interesting because then you start seeing commonalities and, and you can start looking ahead. And when you say like there's relationships that end too fast and things like, or that you stay in too long or all these different areas. I mean, there are always warning signs all the There's way There's always 4 a.m. Uh-huh. oil rig outlines. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that my personality is definitely power through, and I definitely... Do whatever you can to make I it work. I definitely yeah, grew up with... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely grew up thinking, you know, hard work's going to pay off. You persevere. Hard work's going to pay off. And to an extent, a lot of the stuff that you kind of go through when you're growing up, that definitely applies. You know, work hard in school. Those good grades will help get you farther along in college. You know, the the nights spent practicing will, you know, in my case for music or for the theater that I did, you know, that hard work paid off. And it's finding the difference between the hard work that does pay off and the hard work that does not pay mm-hmm. yeah. off. And that's a hard thing to distinguish. Yeah. Well, and that's where Smart Owl... So I, I, when I think back on Smart Owl, I think of it as me dipping my toe into starting a business. And it was awesome for teaching me to realize that you really need to know why you're doing it in the first place. We started because, oh, wouldn't it be fun to like, start <laughs> that, that was a, a business together? Yeah. Like, that was the yeah. conversation. I was like, well, sure, that'd yeah. be fun. And, yeah. and like I said earlier, it was, we're all miserable. Maybe this will be better. Yeah. And not yeah. like, we have a vision. Whereas, I think you did. You're like, I want to be this type of designer. And so, of course, for you, it was a much more mission-driven thing. Whereas, I think... I mean, well, I, it doesn't I, align with your mission. Well, yeah, I don't want to speak for Jim, but like, for me, it was like, well, I, I knew I was never going to be a designer. I wanted to just have fun learning how to design. And I think that's why we had such, so many like rough edges was yeah. because I wanted this to be like a professional thing. And you were like, yeah, it's a side project. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. It's like, no, this is what <laughs> yeah. I want to do. Exactly. And, and I think that that's important because um, when you start, you know, in any situation you're in and you start thinking long term, why am I doing this? Say it's a relationship, say it's whatever. Um, you can really sit down and say, all right. There are things that you need to work hard on in your life and persevere at and have those crazy late nights. Like You need those things for the things that matter, like you said. So how do you identify the things that matter? Well, you have to do a lot of things that don't matter. That's true. And then you have to say, That's very true. okay, that didn't matter. Maybe yeah. don't ever do yeah. that again. You have to fail a lot. <laughs> yeah. And another thing that, Martin, you can relate to this is that in 
well, you in high school, but the, us both in college, we were both in bands. Mm. And I was in band. I was in a band with people that are still doing it. One guy's doing it professionally and traveling all over the world, and it's amazing. And I'm so thrilled for him, and I'm so glad that it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, getting to that point as well, you know, we were we had just graduated. Half of the band was thinking, like, we're going to plan this amazing tour. We're going to go out. We're going to play shows. We're going to live in a van. And I was like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at that moment where it became very clear that that lifestyle was definitely not for me and it wasn't yeah. anything that I wanted or expected. And, I mean, quitting that was rocky and rough and painful, you know, because it was a part of my life that was so... Like, music is still such a big part of who I am. And but it's in something, a different capacity. Right, it's something that I that's not a part of me every day which at one point in my life I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I just thought about being in a van with those four dudes for <laughs> Down months. by the river, yeah. <laughs> and well, it, it, yeah, and I, you yeah. kind of realize, you know. One part of that that I think is key is, so on the one hand, it's knowing the intent up front. So when you're looking at like, oh, is it time to quit this? Is it time to leave this person? Is it time to whatever? It's going back to, okay, what was my intent with this in the first place? And then does it line up with the intent of the other people? So like with Idea Lemon, we've changed several times what we've said we wanted, what, what the role it will play in our lives Several is, is an understatement. Right. Yes. <laughs> but every time we've been in agreement that that's the role it's going exactly. to play. Exactly. Or the, we've talked through to get to the point of agreement. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference between Idea Lemon and Smart Owl was that throughout you guys were energized, it was, it was growing, it was evolving. For us, it was more like something's not working what do we need to fix yeah and it was more of a struggle and and sometimes it's like that's the thing sometimes it's like that and it works out and mm -hmm. it's the right decision but sometimes it's not and it's time to move on yeah well i think what's interesting about it is the vision for smart owl i would say the actual vision for smart owl which was your vision um <laughs> is still your vision like you haven't really stopped smart owl you've just the Stop name. the name, <laughs> and it's now that's fair. your career path. That's fair, and yeah. I think that that's a an important distinction because I don't know if you technically quit Smart Owl. You just put the name to rest because now it's you, and that's awesome because you found the right people to surround yourself with, which are your company. Well, and there are two different to address that. There are two different sides to that. I do work full time again. I work for an experiential marketing company, and it's amazing, and I love the projects that I work on and I love the people that I work with. I have a lot of freedom there that I don't miss the freelancing, you know. Um, they're very flexible and they're very um, contemporary. Don't miss meaning you're not missing out on freelance. I'm not missing, I'm, well, that and I'm, I'm not missing, you know, coming into work when I want or like I really don't feel well, I'm going to work from home kind okay. of thing. Like that flexibility is built into the culture sure so that type of freedom that you get when you're working for yourself i don't really miss because i have benefits sure. um <laughs> it just balances everything else uh on the flip side 
in my spare time, I do have occasional freelance projects. Now, my full-time job keeps me very busy, and I work, you know, when we're coming up to an event, I am strapped. It's, like, two weeks of hell week. Mm -hmm. Um, For theater people, they know exactly what that means. Um, But my freelance stuff is still there, and I can still take it when I have time because I have that foundation. So there are... And I, and I don't know if it'll ever but the, become but a But don't they align? Thing. Like, the actual why behind both of those things is, like, your career path, whether it's freelancing or whether it's your day, you know, your nine to five mm-hmm. or whatever it is, that it's still design work. It's still... True. Project management. It's still... True. It's still a lot things. of different things. It's still a lot of... It's creative. those things that you worked yeah. on when you started Smart Owl, just focused now and in a place where you love the culture and you love the people you you've found the right place and this led you there yeah and that's and that's kind of what i'm getting at where it's um if i kept going down that road i might have ended up being a you know designer somewhere no 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 that's not (laughs) the path that i'm going down although i will do design it's more so uh with like photography or something yeah i think it's like even if you stop one thing whatever you do next you're gonna find like naturally elements of what you did before get pulled into what you're doing because it's part of who you are well and it's it's defining the difference between hobby and profession too yeah um especially for creative people i find this when i talk to you know people in the same position that they have a lot of these extracurricular hobbies that really should stay hobbies because they're not something that you would want to do full time and it is hard to know the difference mm-hmm. and I think for for you Martin it's more of design is more of a hobby secondary type thing where it's me it's very central mm-hmm. yeah what about um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the emotions leading up to the decision to leave something so by the time this airs you'll have You'll, you won't be working full-time at your ad agency anymore? Not full-time, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about this? His face just went white. <laughs> um, all right, so I, I think that there's an interesting piece here that I want to take a step back before we jump into it, which is um, when... And feel free to ask me. I haven't done much talking. Since. Well, no, it, <laughs> This, this is kind this of been a smart owl debate. This is in the smart owl cage match, which There's is cool. There's a reason you're in the middle. Which is cool, yeah. I'm, the, I'm just the moderator. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I do want to get back to a question of, like, what are all the different things that we've quit in our lives? I think yeah. that's just a really fun thing to, like, look at, just from a high level. Um, and then... I can talk about the most recent binge quitting that I've been doing. <laughs> I think what it, one of the funny things is is when you when you just said that, and I kind of thought about all the things. By the time that I'm ready to quit, and this is a personality flaw, by the time I'm ready for to quit something, I am so beyond the pat the re- like beyond quitting that I'm just like yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, and there's no more emotion left, and it's just like this should have happened. A year and a half ago, and <laughs> I just waited way too long. Like yeah. that, I am at that point by the time that mm-hmm. I finally give up on something, and I wish it were different. But that's that's me. I normally <laughs> confront it right around a big change moment. So I think um, 
with Smart Owl, I think we were like, okay, now we're about to go take on this direction with this work. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but I'm done fighting and you guys have fun. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's probably why we haven't quit this yet. Because every time we've gotten to that change point, we've either both been on board or we're like, let's take a break for a month. Yeah. Um, and so I think um, the same thing happened in, in um, when I was in my band. You talk about that van moment. Um, I remember I was, I was sitting there and my, one of our saxophonist was like, uh, a saxophonist? That's right. That's, yeah. Yeah. And he goes, he goes uh, so after we graduate, we're going to like tour in a van. Yeah. There's, there, <laughs> the were, there were eight of us. Same conversation. There were eight of us. And I'm like, like, the mystery, what is it? Yeah, the mystery machine. Yeah. And I was like, but I have a job. <laughs> right. And then I was like, do I put my job off? I don't have any money. <laughs> and I was like, and also we haven't even decided if we're a ska band or if we're going to evolve at all. And I, and I actually, what ended up happening was, um, and I think I, I think we did this with Smart Owl too, where I was like, I tried to do a big, like, let's fix this kind of a thing. I seem where, to remember that in the back of that Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, there was like a big, let's fix it moment that I would try for a little while and then if the if the last let's fix this moment didn't work, then I, then I was at the same point you're at where I'm like there is no more emotion anymore. I did everything I could, and I'm done. Yeah. And so, if we want to lead into today's story, um, this past month was a big let's fix it month yeah. at my job, and on both ends it was like, you know, we've noticed that you've sort of like been sometimes really engaged other times not super engaged it's been a bit up and down um let's have a conversation about that and then i spent a month just being like all right i'm only focusing on this and i really am going to focus on it to make sure that every little thing that i'm doing is it something i want to do for the rest of my life like is this assignment and this type of um work the thing that i'm going to spend the next 10 years developing and perfecting and making my life. And one of the things that uh, I was congratulated on after like week two was like, really good job micromanaging the client. Like I'm so happy that you're like just being so detail oriented and telling her exactly what she has to do every point of every day. You just need to do that with her every day. That sounds exhausting. And I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be the best at micromanaging. No, I don't want to be the best micromanager in the world. And so, like, that moment was kind of a... I, and I said, I was like, so this is the job, Could right? you imagine what your personal life would become after years of that? <laughs> I, I don't even want to know. And, like, and so I was just kind of saying, okay, if, if this role is two things. One hyper micromanagement and two um hyper client relationship meaning like go out there smile and like really account yeah. if it's a which it is it's account and um and i think when i got into it i was it was sort of one of those things where at the interview i killed the interview and they were like absolutely come on board are you sure you want to do account and i was like i want to be in advertising so is there a creative role open? Because like the creative director was like, are you sure you want to be accountant, not creative? And I was like, well, I'd love to be creative. Is there a role? And he goes, no. And I go, I guess I'm an accountant, aren't I? And they kind of said like, oh, yeah, you know, you can move around and all that stuff. I said, you never, can't. 
No. no. How many years is it? <laughs> it never happens. Yeah. And and so uh, and so after a while, I'm like, you know, I kind of knew going in, the count wasn't the best thing for me, and now I really know. And I've spent a month, and you know, we had our check in, everything was fine. They're like, good work, keep going. And I was like, keep going. No, I'm not gonna keep going. I did the big push. I understand what this role is, like fully, fully understand it. I'm not lying to myself anymore about what it could be or what it might be or where it's going. I know what it is. Yeah. It is this and it's more of this forever. And when I realized that, I was like, okay, I have a few different ways I can go with this. Stay and do this. And I, I can see everyone around me. I know what the path is. It's not awful. It's just not mine. And when I kind of realized that, then I started looking at the other paths. And there was the opportunity to um, go travel the world for 11 months with an entrepreneurship group, a fellowship. Um, I'd go to Turkey and, and, and or Istanbul, Turkey and Santiago, Chile and all these other places. And I'm going to be turning that down tonight. And... I know, Heidi's <laughs> stabbing herself in the chest. Um, but it's, it's because going back to why am I doing that, right? Well, I could do that, but I didn't really have a good reason why other than, isn't that cool? And, and yeah. learning and, and lots of other great things. Like, don't get me wrong, travel's amazing, but I've never been much of a traveler. We're different people. Yeah, we're very different people. And so, like, the two different trips... Different, but the same. I've been on two really cool trips lately. In the past year but those are like literally the only two trips I ever do and then I don't think about travel on a daily basis I don't yeah I don't like dream well, about places that I want to visit and so when I think about all that it is one of the coolest opportunities I've ever seen but it's also not in alignment with where I want to be in 10 years yeah. well and that is so important and I think that if the same thing had presented itself to you five years ago, you would have definitely jumped on it mm -hmm. because you didn't have that vision. And one thing that you mentioned when you were talking about um, your strategy for trying to fix things is really interesting and I think it could be a good takeaway is that when you really nose to the grindstone, really focused, diligent, trying to figure out something to see if it's for you. And wouldn't it be so much better if we could all do that so much earlier on? Yeah. You know? And that, you know, that's a big... I think you might just have to have the... It's like, I don't know if growing pains is the right phrase, but I think you might just, like, have to weather the storm for a little bit. Because yeah. that's how is... you then figure out, like, you can't, you know, you can't be perfect from the start, right? Well, right. no, but let's be real, though. I mean, I think the first time I did that was a year ago. And I did the nose to the grindstone, and I really just, like, I was, like, six-month review to the one-year review was a huge upshot in, yeah. like, productivity, and I killed But realistically, it. But, let's but, look at but the, then the I motivation there it. was to get a raise. Well, yeah, there was that. Exactly. And that's why I wasn't paying attention to, do I like this? Yeah. And so then once the review happened and all that stuff, then it started going back down, because instead of learning from that point of time, I was just, like, trying to get it, trying to get it, trying to get it. Oh, there it is. And now... Now this time was I wasn't trying to accomplish anything other than do I like this? So back then I did the exact same thing. I knew I didn't like it But because that wasn't the goal I was focused on I ignored it yeah. and did it for another year Yeah, and now I got to the point same point year later 
Except now I have nothing else to know except yeah. that answer. And that's an, uh, another interesting thing to think about is that our I think our generation is really the first that's, you know, doing that introspection and saying, do I like this? Not, I have to do this to yeah, survive for my absolutely. family. And we're, we're so lucky to be able to have that thought process and mm-hmm. to have that flexibility and, you know to have those options yeah absolutely i think too with with this decision not to travel and we talked about it um you know before you made the decision we had a conversation about it and i'd like to think i was objective about it yeah, well one was for it and one was against it like uh, that's right yeah, yeah so we had two conversations about it with two different outcomes yeah based off different information but what I basically boiled it down to, because when he's like, all right, I don't think I'm going to go through this. And I said, yeah, I was intentionally waiting to tell you this, but when you told me this three weeks ago, my mind said, we'll see if he actually goes through with this. I don't think he's going to. And you were like, what made you think that? And I said, because from my own knowledge of what I've done in the past, I now am pretty good at telling when a decision is made because you're running away from something versus running towards something. And for you, I felt, and I think it was right, was that this decision to travel the world for a year was to run away from a job you didn't like, not necessarily run towards the opportunity of traveling for a year. Yeah, and even though it is an amazing fellowship, (laughs) it's just, am I doing them a disservice to accept something that I'm not, I know I'd be there and I'd spend the whole year thinking about Ideal Lemon. Yeah. Versus... (laughs) Maybe I should just stay and work on a deal on it and, yeah. and use that year to get a year closer mm-hmm. to the thing that I've been thinking about since I started working, Yeah, but never have actually put all my eggs in one basket. Do you guys think that, um, I know you guys are supposed to be asking the questions, but I got one. Do you no, guys no, think no that... No yeah. <laughs> one's asking any questions. <laughs> um, You're the one who prepared notes, not us. <laughs> What's the question again? <laughs> Do you guys think that, like, Failure is so much harder with all of the technology assist, like the technological assistance that we've got today. I'm thinking specifically, I, about a two, maybe, I don't know if it was a year ago or two years ago, it's hard to keep track of all this stuff. I illustrated a children's book. Okay. Um, It was a really cool opportunity, especially off the go, because it was like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. You know, that was two what an years experience. ago. It may have been two years ago. Oh I, I know, it's a long time ago. Um, that lunch at Freshy. <laughs> <laughs> and, but the thing was, and not to discredit this way of making it to the top, but it was a self-publishing author, and the story is terrible. It's really just there. It's not a story, mm-hmm. and. In no way, shape, or form would this ever have been picked up by a publisher. Okay. It just would not have happened. But, you know, this this author was very committed. It was her, you know, pet project. She loved it. She loved everything about it. She had so much passion. She had so much drive. You know, she put all of the resources that she could have possibly put into getting this out. She's doing the marketing. She's doing the networking. But in reality, the product's not great. And I think it's a disservice to her that this outlet was available and she spent, I mean... When you say outlet, what do you mean? 
the self-publishing route. Oh, okay. Because you don't you gotcha. don't need. I mean, there are people that have done it and have made millions, like E.L. James. I don't know who that is. She, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, okay. She's self-publishing. <laughs> Her. Like that's insane because she that's all of that money is hers. Like mm-hmm. that's incredible. But at the same time, there's that flip side where you spend all this time, you spend all this passion, you spend all this, you know, emotion, yeah, all resources. this, I think, all these yeah. resources, and it's not going to go anywhere. And when, there's nothing telling you that it's not going to go anywhere. Except the result when it doesn't go anywhere. But if, at the same point, if that doesn't, ma- if that doesn't trigger something in you and you're, you still keep going and going, is it a disservice that you weren't stopped earlier and there I, I think there are other examples of this there's got to be millions I, and I think you're making a really interesting point because there's two sides to it the people that get stopped too early because they could have done something good and then the people who you know die penniless because they spent their whole life chasing something that was never gonna make money right. in the first place so and I think Kickstarter is another example of how this can be applied yeah not even like with something like that or self-publishing but even down to the point of it's a good point you bring up because um, the quote-unquote failure or the the stopping point is prolonged even on the fact that you know let's say you have a business partner or like you guys at smart Owl or whomever when you have to email each other to communicate or you rely on that versus always having to talk to each other face to face because you can hide a lot behind emails <laughs> Yeah, I, I see that less as a deterrent, um, mostly because all of my work full-time is pretty much email, because we have so many satellite offices, we have people going all the time for events, we mm-hmm. work a lot on email, we work a lot on instant messenger, we're a very digital company, yeah. um, t- communication-wise, and I don't really see that, I think because we all grew up with that technology, there, it's a little bit different as far as communication. Um, it is, but at the same time, I mean, it's definitely way different, but at the same time, um, like, you know, I know when I worked at an ad agency, like, I think we ended up firing a client that probably should have, we should have fired months earlier, but we didn't because it's like, oh, when you email it, like, it's so much, it's, it's like, would you really let that person talk to you in person? Hell no, you wouldn't let them talk to you like that in person. Because they emailed it, it's like, oh, well, no, let's, let's wait till the next time. Let's see if they change. So I think there's two questions here, right? The first question is um, people allowing themselves to live in their own delusions because technology is there to allow them to keep doing it. So it's like it's like um, Silk Road existing for a heroin addict. Yeah, and, and is, <laughs> that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, um, that's just kind of my... I think it's it's not good or bad. It's just it is. It is, yeah. And, um, but what is, what's interesting is the other piece that you just mentioned um, where it allows you to prolong it so long. So you see it in relationships where a text message relationship, you know, you only had three conversations, but it's been two weeks now. And, <laughs> yeah. and is that a real relationship or your relationship isn't going well. So you just watch Netflix together forever and you could go years doing nothing but watching TV together. And that's a marriage. And, there's, I think that that, that Aziz Ansari is like, a great bit about this. Like, I'm gonna be real. Like, I don't have internet or TV in my apartment right now, and you're sitting in it, and it's small. <laughs> my relationship of eight months, we fit years worth of conversations into that eight months. Like, I've never, like, I had a, I had one person that I saw for five years and never had 
conversations uh, as intense as like, week five. <laughs> and um, in this one. And so it's, it's a matter of how comfortable are you with yourself and your own failures and just being honest with yourself and surrounding yourself with people who are also honest with you. Because the nice thing... I think that's key. That second point. Yeah. It's key is having people around you that are going to be honest and tell you their honest opinion. Because it's I'm not totally... going to say the guy's name right now, but there's someone that we know that I'm so sick of. And <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I want to walk up to him and say, stop, please. <laughs> but he's not going to stop and he's going to keep going. But I'm not good enough friends with him to go and say that to him. Is it because he's too honest? No, it's because he's, he's the delusional, delusional. person. Delusional. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, and um, I'm Well, hoping... and we talk about this all the time with like mastermind groups, right? That's something that we, you know, we have a mastermind partner where we're we're all helping each other build each other's businesses and we're brutally honest with each other in a good way like we don't blow smoke up each other's asses and you know like he'll send us the new copy for his website and we're like you need to change these three things because they're just they don't sound good at all and vice versa yeah and that's the difference between that and like or having friends who can play that role versus friends and family who will always pat you on the back and say, yeah, keep going, keep smiling. Yeah. You'll get there and, without giving you any real feedback. And it brings us back to having business partners that you can be honest with and navigating business partnerships with friendships mm-hmm. and not wanting to damage either one while trying to yeah. remain honest. And yeah, and well, thankfully I'm, I'm, we didn't start out as like real friends. No, that's what I, no <laughs> seriously though, that's actually what, what I thought of earlier uh, when we were talking was what I think made the Smart Owl decision so much longer to quit was you guys were like best friends who started a business. Martin and I are best friends now, I, I think. <laughs> We've never actually said it, but... Let's shake but, on it. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't start as that. So there was... We so- had our first sleepover at 8. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were working on IDLM until like 2 in the morning and you're like, can I just crash? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And then we're like... Eight years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it was awkward when you tried to spoon me. Yeah, it was really well, weird. You know. But <laughs> I'm telling you, you're you're making some bets. <laughs> but the the reason, so we didn't start as best friends or even good friends. We were we had been friends in college. We would see each other every few months. And then we had we had the marketing club yeah. that was connecting us. Yeah, yeah. It's but totally because of that, Saturday. right? Because of that, it was like. The business or the you know the professional relationship always came first, and there was never this interest of oh is this going to damage the friendship? No, because that the precedent wasn't set. The friends is what we are first. And and not to say that 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 wasn't that that was a train of thought that was consciously in my head because mm-hmm. I don't think it was because I don't think I was really worried about the state of our friendship because we were I mean we were all so solid, but it was coming out in subconscious yeah. levels, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, from absolutely. from both sides. It, well, in the way that, like, I would maybe timidly send you something or in the way that I would get overly offended about something. Whereas, like, I know Rob... Like, yeah, really, it was Martin. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and things that I won't point out, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be kind. No, um, no I, was, I, was, I was, you know, I... When I didn't like something, I let you know it, and... But I don't think that's a bad thing because we let each other know the things we don't like. It's all aside from the point. The point being is that um, all of these things, 
at the end of the day, we were honest with each other. And I don't think there was ever a point during Smart All that we weren't honest with each other about the state of things. I think we're, I remember when we started having our Skype calls, because it was like, ooh, we're doing Skype calls. Yeah. Like, those usually ended with us being like, <laughs> like, you could see each other's faces just frustrated. Yeah. Like, it yeah. wasn't like, it's not like some of the things I but see. But it's not, the, there's no honest and upfront, though. No, but it's not, it's not like some of the stuff I see where people are just so fake smile to each other. And it's like, you don't really know. Like, I've seen it where someone is just like pretending they're best friends with someone, and then that person leaves the room, and it's like, that bitch. Oh my god, I can't believe that. Yeah. And that kind of stuff is I what I too. can't. That's what I sprint away from, and I mean, thankfully, like you know, both of you throughout my life. I mean, I could have the most honest conversations with either of you because I know you're not just going, uh huh. <laughs> like you're just gonna be like, yeah, you're an idiot. It's <laughs> fantastic, and that's one of the things that like Orr was in this weekend. He's my good friend in California, and like a good part of the weekend was us just calling each other out on our shit. Like, and you need that person in yeah. your life. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, even with like, I mean, you, you were like, dude, your Tinder bio sucks. I'm going to fix it for you. Yeah, no, I, I took, <laughs> I took what, him to like a within museum. Within five minutes, he gets three right swipes. Yeah, yeah, I took him to a museum. <laughs> I took some goofy ass photos. He's like, that is, that's not my personality. I'm like, look at the freaking picture. That is you. Man. It's like, and then, yeah, he got a whole bunch of matches. So. Yeah. That's funny. Um, all right, so we should wrap up here. Before we do, Heidi, um, what are you working on right now? Where can our listeners find you? Oh, man. Um, well, you can find me at my website. Uh, forgive me, it has not been updated in a while, but my stuff <laughs> is up there at HeidiGosen.com. Um, I guess you can still find us on SmartAllCreative.com. Uh, that site still is still alive up. <laughs> <laughs> also very out of date. You can see the logo that Martin created. Uh, Nope. No. No. Like, no. It was inspired by it. It was, we, it was, it was an effort. edit of my. It was an edit. It's like when a movie is inspired by a true story. <laughs> Your original version was very nice. I made it better. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it used to blink. Oh, that was cool. I yeah. didn't like that. Um, and then if you want to learn more about the company I am working with now, it is pbjs.com. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> yep. Nice. Okay. So then to wrap up, uh, let's go around and give our answer to the question, Martin, you start. Um, how do you know when to stop? I think you know when to stop when you've really, really tried to make it work and not just tried, but given, um, put together sort of a, this would be a solution that I'd be comfortable with and give your all to it. And if you still, while you're doing it, can't stand it, move on. All right. Um, my answer, you know, I, I didn't say a whole lot this episode. I played the role of you this episode, and I don't like playing the role of you. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've realized in like doing this episode. I don't like playing the role of you. That's <laughs> what happens when you have this friends on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like taking a back it seat. A There's a lot of me in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um... Although I didn't say a whole lot in this episode, uh, one thing that I was, as you guys were talking, one thing that I was, I was thinking about my own experiences with things that I have quit, and for me, it's always come down to... Can you give us one example of something you've quit? Yeah. Well, I mean, I left my job last year. Oh, right. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I ran track in example. college, and I quit that. That was a big decision, quitting your job. I remember that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway... <laughs> 
Um, but with that, quitting my job and both when I quit track in college, both were things that at one point I truly loved. And for me, it got to a point where the love was gone. And what was, I mean, there's always work that needs to be done, right? But work doesn't feel like work when you love it. And for me, in both cases, it, it felt, it started, it felt like work. And it always felt like work. And I was waking up being like, I don't want to do this. And I can't do this anymore. So it sounds so simple and so cliche. But I really think it comes down to if your gut is telling you no, like you have to seriously, you don't necessarily have to act right then. But you have to seriously evaluate what your gut is telling you and either shit or get off the pot. Yeah, I would have to just to add on to that um there's definitely no surefire answer for every situation and every person and every personality um one thing we didn't really touch on was that i've had quite a few jobs since college that i have quit Mm -hmm. and i haven't stayed at one for uh, this is the first one that i've stayed at for um longer than a year and a half and and planning on staying for a much longer time um, if they that, keep you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing that I will say is that I, when I, I don't, I don't tolerate that that feeling where you are, you know, it's wrong, it's not fitting, you're not liking what you're doing, especially what, professionally. This definitely applies mm-hmm. for personal stuff. There's a whole other layer. But um, I'd say, yeah, just exactly what you said, Raj, when you know it's not right and you maybe you've tried, maybe you don't think it's worth to, to try, but if your gut is saying, I need to leave, then it's having the courage to leave. And I think that's the hardest part for yeah. a lot of people. It's definitely the hardest part for me. Um, it got easier <laughs> the, the more jobs that I quit to find what I really liked. But uh, definitely just sucking it up and and going for yeah. it. And that's the absolute hardest thing to learn about failure. And it's the hardest thing to keep learning. And it's I just guess to... it's what I should have said, as you mentioned that, is that it's not necessarily it, it, it's does the gut feeling linger because you can have a, you a, know, a moment of, of regret, but then it's fine. Yeah, but it's I think I think you know the around. difference. Yeah. I think you know the difference between a bad month and a bad decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it's it's so scary to quit. It is because there's such a stigma around failure. It is so scary, but you have to know. Forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to know that it's gonna work out. Yeah. You have to believe it. Because otherwise, you're just going to be stuck in this cycle of misery. Yeah, well, you have to believe it. You the real to, world sucks. Yeah, you definitely have to know it's going to work out. And you have to you have to get yourself into a place where you can feel that way, too. So, like, one of the things that constantly helps me is the fact that I've saved up money for so long that I know I'm not going to just Yeah, that's like, another thing. Save. Yeah, put a always, lot in your yeah. savings, and then when you have the opportunity to quit something, it's it won't so be as much bad. Easier. It's so much easier when you can walk away and be like, "I'm not going to die tomorrow." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
That's actually very even if we're relationships. Have a lot saved up. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that Tinder profile's working for you. Yeah. <laughs> that wrapped up our conversation with Heidi Gosen talking. How do you know when to stop? Heidi, thank you so much for joining us. If you liked this episode, could you do us a solid and leave us a rating and review on iTunes? Ratings and reviews help bump us up in the rankings, which in turn helps more people discover their inner awesome. We will play you out with Chris Leamy's Summertime. Once again, thank you to Heidi Gosen. For Martin McGovern, I am Rajiv Nathan. This has been another edition of the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. Until next time, we'll see ya. Just the same time. Ay, ay, na 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 na